What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Team Chat Podcast, a video game show where we talk about games, the ones we love, the ones we hate, and everything in between. I am one of your hosts, Jared Wilson, joined across the power of the internet by my co-host, Rachel Mogan. Bonjourno. And our special guest joining us today to talk about one of his favorite games, Kirok Craft. Hi, Yay, guys. Kirok. How's it going, Kirok? Thank Thanks. You. Glad to have you on uh, once again. This is uh, awesome. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me, man. Yeah, we're excited to get to talk about a little sneak peek if the title hasn't given it away already, but we're here to talk about Skyrim. So this is an episode 10 years overdue, one could say, (laughs) since the games came out in 2011. (laughs) Uh, But we are finally going to share some thoughts on it since Bogan and I have recently been playing through the game. For the uh, first time. For the first time. And so we wanted to bring on another big time fan of the game who has played a little bit more of us and has more than us and has a bigger history of the game than us. So that is why Kirok is here today with us. So I guess where I'm at a disadvantage is it's been years since I played it. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Like around the time it came out. And then I tried again recently. I'll go into that. But awesome. Can't wait to hear about that. But so Team Chat Podcast, new episodes of the show come out on Tuesdays, 9 a.m. Central Time. You can listen to those on podcast services around the World Wide Web, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and others. You can also watch a video version of each episode over on our YouTube channel. You can find us on social media, such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can join our Discord server, where we're talking. We have fun gaming conversations, non-gaming-related conversations, a whole lot of good stuff. Everybody in this episode is members over there on the old Discord. So if you want to talk to us, go check it out. It's a lot of fun. Links for all that stuff are in the description below. And finally, if you want to help make the show bigger and better, just like Zach S., Susan M., James K., Ben W., Michael B., Fuchsia Rascal, Andrew M., Michael S., and Brandon W. I've done by going over to Patreon.com com slash team chat podcast and supporting the show yeah give them those heart emojis because we love them so much you're the heart there you go there we go (laughs) for as little as a dollar a month you can support the show and in return we'll give you cool perks like getting the episodes early before its general tuesday release access to a private channel on our discord server the rogues gallery and for our five dollar tier those patrons get two weeks exclusivity on a subsidiary show we like to call it team chit chat where Mogan and I talk about something that we uh, love, or I guess even hate, uh, that is not video game related. So after that two-week exclusivity, it goes out for general release to the public at large. But if you can't support us through Patreon, that is totally fine. We totally understand. There are tons of other ways, though, that you can help make the show bigger and better, such as telling your friends, writing us reviews, following and subscribing to us on social media and wherever you listen to or watch the show, all those things. Help get the good word of Team Chat Podcast out into the world, which then ultimately turns into really cool things like, hey, we're sponsored now by Bowed Up. So this episode of Team Chat Podcast is brought to you for the uh, by Bowed Up. Bowed Up is a modern Asian brand that combines traditional bow techniques with more modern and Texas-inspired fillings. We had a, uh, I know I've talked about this before, we have so many things that we still yet have to try on their uh, menu, but man, I had that brisket bow. Whew! It's delicious. I'm still thinking about it. it so their delicious. goal is to provide a very convenient and experience and it was satisfying food. And I got to tell you, Mogan, it was pretty, it was pretty easy. We went up there. Our food was waiting for us in a locker. We just punched in a code, boop a doop a doop boo, pulled it out and we were ready to go. I do appreciate that Bowed Up was actually doing the contactless pickup way before it was like mandated it by cool quarantine. It's cool. They were like, no, we don't want to talk to the customer. We'll put your food in a little locker and then you can put in a code. We'll like <laughs> pop it out to you. What a great business model. That's <laughs> awesome. if, if I worked there, I'd be like, hell yeah. So I never have to talk to a customer again. <laughs> I just get to make bow and have a good time. 
And that, and then we get to eat said bow exactly. and have a good time. So it's all good stuff all the way around. But before we get into our main topic of the day, let's get a little bit of news and what's coming out soon in our moment with Mogan. All right. So just in case you missed it, Crash Bandicoot 4 It's About Time is now available for next-gen consoles, PS5, Xbox Series X, and S, and Nintendo Switch, actually. Uh, on March 16th, this episode's air date, all of the following are coming out. Kingdoms of Amalur, Re-Reckoning for Switch. Monster Energy Supercross, the official video game for for PS5, Xbox Series X, NES, PS4, Xbox One, Stadia, and PC. Mundon, Moondon, Moondown. Unsure how to pronounce it. It's M U N D A U N, and it's for PlayStation Five, Xbox Series X, NES, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. R B I Baseball Twenty One. Oh, I've been looking forward to that one for forever. I know, right? It's too bad that we'll never be able to play it because it's only available on... I'm just kidding. It's available for everything. In fact, it's more available for everything than most other things are. So it's available for Xbox Series X and S, PS4, interestingly, Xbox One, Switch, PC, iOS, and Android. Oh! We we got a rare mobile release. There we go. Uh, Get ready to play. We've also got Samurai Showdown for the Xbox Series X and S. I know a lot of people are a big fan of, uh, or are really excited about that game. We got a lot's actually coming out on the 16th. Saviors, <laughs> sorry, Saviors of Sapphire Wings. Oh my God, this, this title is so long. This is all one game. Saviors of Sapphire Wings and Stranger of Sword City Revisited is coming up for Switch and PC. <laughs> <laughs> these names Stubbs the zombie and rebel without a pulse that is once again Stubbs the zombie and rebel without a pulse for ps4 xbox one switch and pc and then coming very soon on march 18th we have jack jean or Gian for the switch maglum lord for for ps4 and switch marvel's avengers is coming out for ps5 and xbox series x and s and then on the 19th we have plants vs zombies battle for neighborville for the switch root film also comes out on the 19th for ps4 and switch and that rounds us out through the end of the week very cool very cool i actually realized earlier this week that uh the new stronghold game dropped on steam on uh i guess tuesday i think it was and i'm contemplating picking it up i really Mm. should pick it up i mean i would be interested yeah like what have they done since the last stronghold game Mm. what's new well, How many a lot, apparently, map? and the fact that this one takes place in Asia and you get to like <laughs> face the Mongol horde and play as uh, ancient Japan and I hope all that, that, that stuff. means that instead of your cows having a malady, it's your water buffaloes. That's <laughs> really cute. <laughs> that would month. be that would be hilarious if they did yeah, that. Yeah, it is a lot of busy yeah, months, a, a lot, lot of, of stuff coming out. Yeah. Uh, but so before we jump into our main topic, it's actually a little timely that we were talking about this before we started recording that we're doing this topic, talking about uh, Skyrim and a Bethesda game because yesterday it's March. What is it? 11th today. So the 10th, March 10th, yesterday, uh, the deal where Microsoft is acquiring Bethesda and like went through and that merger is complete. And so today they announced that tomorrow, March 12th. And so by the time this episode's out, this already happened. 20 Bethesda games. We'll be dropping on Games Pass. So uh, I'll read through this list real quick. We got Dishonored, Dishonored 2, Doom, Doom 2, Doom 64, Doom 3, Doom Eternal, Fallout New Vegas, Fallout 4, Fallout 76, Prey, Rage 2. Skip that one. Skip uh, the that Elder one. Scrolls <laughs> 3, Morrowind, <laughs> Elder Scrolls 4, Oblivion, Elder Scrolls 5, Skyrim, and And then Elder Scrolls Online, The Evil Within, Wolfenstein, The New Order, Wolfenstein, The Old Blood, 
and uh, Wolfenstein Youngblood. So all of those will be coming out to Xbox Game Pass and will be completely free to play for the people who are subscribing to the Xbox Game Pass service, which that's a that's a lot of new games hitting. It's yeah. a lot of new games. Can I do the quickest of sidebars? Sure. So yeah. I don't know if you remember, Jarrett, our Rage 2 review episode. <laughs> <laughs> Where we raged about how terrible it was. Quite a bit. Um, My favorite comment on that video is still somebody saying, I came here to listen to y'all shit on Rage 2. (laughs) (laughs) It's like one of the best YouTube comments we've ever gotten. I loved it so much. We've ever gotten because it's like, that's exactly what we're delivering here at Team Chat Podcast. The the hard hitting truths that no one else wants to admit. Rage 2 is not a good video game. It's not a good video game. It's (laughs) just not. There you go. It was a it was a little rough to get through. All right, anyways, but that's neither here nor there. We're but here that's... to talk about Bethesda and Skyrim. Exactly, good old Scrim. We're here it's to talk about Scorpion. it. So, uh, yes, as part of our uh, extra life rewards, I guess from last year's extra life, uh, Mogan and I decided that once we hit the certain amount, we would play Skyrim. Is um, we hit that amount, we exceeded at that amount, so we have played Skyrim. Uh, I will say we haven't finished yet. But we still wanted to come in and talk about the game and our experiences so far because it's a big game. It's also, you know, in trying to keep up with current releases and everything else coming out and, you know, to have that timely content and everything like that. It's, you know, we wanted to go ahead and talk about it because I feel like at this point where we are in the game, I believe I'm a little uh, I'm like into act two. I was watching like a, a story in, you know. A compressed version of the story on YouTube earlier today, just to kind of get an idea where I was hitting. I think I'm in the uh, and Mogan. I know you're uh, roughly the same place as I am in the story yeah, too. Yeah, we're pretty so close. I think we're we're like into Act Two, so I feel like that gives us enough time where we've hit the point. We know the story. We understand the story beats, but we've also gotten plenty of time to explore the world, explore the mechanics, get some combat under our belts, and really, you know, we have a good idea of what this game is. So, thus enter Kirok because yeah. he also has played the game, and he also and he also uh, played the game after you know w- around the time of its actual release, and so we wanted to have someone who has a little bit more knowledge, a deep love uh. for this game, and you know, and to kind of just like all of us bounce our random thoughts and what we thought of this game around in a big conversation. So, let's do that. All right, let's cool. do it. <clears throat> uh, I'm going to say something, though, but it's okay. been so long. Uh, I don't remember a lot of the story. I just I just developed that kind of nostalgic thing where even if I'm, say, watching someone else stream, like, for example, when Mogan was streaming, um, I would hear the music in the background and it would just put me into that zone where I'd be like, oh, so good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and recently I tried to get back into it again, but I didn't even get that far. I'll, I'll go into a little more detail a little later. So uh, then Kirok, then we'll start, we'll start with you, I guess. So what yeah. about this game really, you know, like drew you in when you first played it back in 2011, 2012? Yeah. Like what, what were the things that attracted you to, or you were like, man, this game is something special. And so, actually yeah. quick, kind of along those same lines, because you played it back at what I assume is the height of its popularity, like, was everybody you knew playing it? Like, what was it super high, hyped um, up? Was it still the game of the time? So, so back then, uh, Xbox 360 was out, PS3 was out, and it was, I think those systems were still in, they were coming onto their tail end because 2013 mm-hmm. is when all the PS4 and Xbox One came out, right? 
Um, so a lot of my friends that I gamed with were playing it uh, because they were the same kind of the same friends that I had that when Oblivion, the game just before Skyrim came out, we were all playing it online and we were playing it and having fun and enjoying it. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, so, so realistically, like, uh, the love that you asked me about where it came from, Oblivion w was the game that sunk its hooks into me. Mm -hmm. uh, I have some regrets because Morrowind came out back in the original Xbox days. And I did buy the game and I did not like the game at all. I just had different tastes back then. Mm -hmm. And, uh, to this day, I actually regret that. I wish I had given it more of a chance and gotten into it. But going back to Skyrim, Skyrim was like, it, 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 when I got it, to me, it looked and felt like an oblivion with next generation video graphic. Like, it was just incredible. I was like, look at this. It's amazing. And um, I always I always tend to like fantasy medieval type worlds. That's mm -hmm. my thing. I, I don't know. I just really, really love it. I'm, I'm right um, there with you. Yeah. Um, so, so what I went through was, and this is how much I wanted to play the game. I got it for PS3, played it, wasn't too satisfied with how text looked a little small on the screen. Um, actually, cause back then I think you could still return games. I can't remember now. Um, I did get it exchanged and changed it out for the Xbox 360 version, played it. I thought it might be a bit better. It wasn't that much better. And so for the very first time ever, I decided, okay, I'm building my own PC. <laughs> so nice. this, this is the game that made me build my first gaming Windows machine PC. Wow. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So I built it. And at that point, I did not return the Xbox One. So I had it on 360 and I had it on the Windows machine. And I did comparisons like in-game on the computer and on my TV screen from the Xbox 360. And I went in front of like that uh, tavern right in, uh, was it Riftwood uh, at the very beginning? Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And you look at it and there was things on the Xbox 360, bushes in front of the tavern were missing, the the uh, different, like the stairs were a different setup. And then on the PC, it was much more rich, much more detail. It was incredible. Oh. So yeah, it was really, really cool. I mean, it just the, the idea of playing a, a medieval type slash fantasy game is what really got me into it. Uh, but I was hoping for more of what I saw in Oblivion, which actually is the game that hooked me into the Elder Scrolls series. Gotcha. Very cool. Yeah. So that's really cool then that Oblivion is like the game that got you into it. And then this then Skyrim then became the game that, you know, made you want to be like, I got to play this on a PC. I got to yeah. see what this looks like in these fancy, in these, you know, high tech graphics of the day. So uh, what about it then, Mogan? I know you and I, like we came to it now later, uh, around 11 years after, uh, not 11, 10 years after its initial release, you know, how did that, and that was kind of the thing for us and kind of for me, I feel like I've enjoyed the game of what I've played so far in, in some areas, but I do have a the I can't shake the feeling a little bit that I would have enjoyed it more had I played it back in 2011. Yeah, I, I think that's probably true, and I just think that you know I, I had the the exact same. Jared and I have already talked about this at length on our own, and we're like <laughs> we had the exact same experience, like almost verbatim. Uh, and that's saying something because we played fairly different in terms of like style. Uh, mm -hmm. My character that I decided to start building is a Khajiit because I had to go with the cat. Everybody informed me later that apparently the Khajiit has like the worst 
natural abilities or affinities. Oh, I really? Think it's like, yeah, when you're not holding a weapon, I think your claws do like X amount of extra damage or something, but it's so minuscule that it, it means nothing. It's a meaningless mm. ability. So the cat is apparently, the cat person is apparently not a very good choice, but I'm always in these types of games for the aesthetics when it comes to character creation. So I couldn't have cared less what the stats of the other classes were. I was like, no, I'm going Catman. That's all I needed to hear. Uh, so I started making a cat man called Free Shavakadu. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Google Free Shavakadu. Um, I was there. And, yeah, Gira was there. Uh, the creation of Free Shavakadu, which, quick sidebar, I will say, and I should have expected this, it is a 10-year-old game at this point. When I was going through the character creation, I was like, I kind of thought there would be more character creation yeah. here but it's because i'm so spoiled from modern times because coming from like monster hunter world where it's like make your character you can make them look any way you want and like they really they mean that to the best of their ability going back nine years in character creation technology that's quite a step back so i was like well i do appreciate the cat man i like some of these options but I can't make him blue, and that's a problem. <laughs> so, so I had some, some, some fun and some like complaints, like very minor petty complaints about the character creation. Uh, and then I decided to go with, like, in terms of my build, I'm going for a like no arrows, no stealth. I don't hide in the shadows. I run straight in there and die most of the time. But I've got like magic. And a sword. I think I'm going for like a one-handed weapon and then magic in the other hand kind of build. I don't know what you right. would call that, but that's what I've been doing. And then the only like stealth or thiefy ability that I have bothered to level up, largely by accident, lock picking. I, I feel do, like you have to, I though. do love yeah. stealing. I love picking <laughs> locks. I will say that the lock picking, like as its own miniature mechanic, I probably got the most enjoyment out of lock. It's and I really fun. liked it. It's actually very fun. And I was amazed at how precise you have to be on the higher levels so of lockpicks. I was actually really surprised at how, how intricate it really is. And also just how like engaging I found it. I, first of all, I love stealing in general. Targets in the Austin area, watch out. <laughs> that dollar, also, that dollar, up, the dollar area. <laughs> and I love finicky controls, like ones where not finicky, but like precise. I like precision. Mm -hmm. So I've got a not very strong Khajiit who's really good at lock picking, okay at destructive magic, pretty good at restorative magic, pretty good at one handed weapon wielding. Shit tier at everything else. <laughs> so that's that's where I'm at. That, that was my base character. I actually want to hear about both of your characters before before we charge off into the into the great beyond. I believe I chose a Briton. Right? Is that is that one? Yeah, I don't know. I'm suddenly blank. Yeah, okay, okay. The, or Breton, Brit so, uh, and then Breton so that, or, a Breton, a Breton. Yeah. So that's what I chose <laughs> as, as my race. I kind of thought I thought I might do an elf be an elf because that's what i am actually I'm playing as an elf in drag in my current dragon age inquisition playthrough but then i i selected the elves and i i'm sorry to say they're just busted <laughs> 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 the, like high elves and the, the dark elves oh especially my God. They, are <laughs> I, they pulled up and i actually like bust started laughing i was like yeah. i can't i can't in full. <laughs> they're, they're so 
ugly. <laughs> They're so <laughs> ugly. I thought the exact same thing. And I actually just kind of throughout my playthrough, just kind of every, not every, many of the characters that I encountered, I was like, wow, the people of Skyrim are just but ugly. <laughs> Which <laughs> I have to say, though, some like, <laughs> granted, we are looking back at a, at a 10 year old game. So obviously, like in that regard, they're not. But for the day, like that I remembered is. watching like the trailer. I remember yeah. watching videos and different stuff like that and being just like, oh, my God, like this is crazy. Like they've got so many different people. The cities felt and still do. Like I will the say that the really cities nice. do look really nice. They feel alive at all times of the day. And, you know, it just it I will say for what it for what didn't age as well in its look, its atmosphere is still very strong. And I think yeah. that, you know, like what you were saying, Kirok, about the loving the medieval fantasy worlds, that atmosphere in this perfectly it's captured. Great. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, you can see it in the architecture, uh, the whole map where you have to go, uh, the dungeons that you have to go through. They put a lot of love into making that feel like you're in a fantasy world. It's really nice. Right. For sure. And especially too, like the amount of stuff you can pick up and collect, you know, you're picking up linens, you're picking up everything, you're yeah. picking up, you know, iron and, and different uh, metals to be able to craft things later. Anymore. And then you can't walk anymore, which then <laughs> adds another fun little dynamic that you have yeah. to work around with, with handling your inventory. But so I feel like the attraction of it and the, and I, I definitely get how this game sucked in people and pulled people in for hours. Cause yeah, same thing. Even, I don't know why I didn't play it honestly, because the job I was working at at the time, everybody there was playing. Skyrim. Really? Okay. And, and I don't know. I think I was just poor and didn't want to buy it because I'd bought something else recently. I probably bought the most recent Assassin's Creed or something that was out. And so, uh, but looking back, that is actually like one of my biggest gaming regrets is that I did not play Skyrim when it came out. Because mm -hmm. I feel like yes, I've I've so I'm planning on rectifying that mistake whenever we get Elder Scrolls Six and like playing that at launch and just oh, being yeah. like you know what here we go I'm I'm going in and I'm here for the long haul and we're gonna figure this out. Uh, but I think I just named my guy I named my guy like I have a, a like Rhaegar or something like that that Rhaegar. I just have like a a standard name for my like <clears throat> dude bro medieval warriors so that's just kind of why i went with there but yeah. so kirok what what did you normally play uh, then? so here's the thing i'm the kind of guy who just sticks with the, the same thing over and over i don't know why but i have explored a bit so my main thing would be or was um making a warrior just a mm -hmm. regular like warrior sword and shield and sometimes bow uh, i chose a nordic i believe nordic mm -hmm. and that's what i did on skyrim um, if I rolled a new character, I was like, oh, maybe I should try another. Nah. And, and before I realized it, I was making the exact same character again. <laughs> In fact, when I did it on Skyrim on, on the switch, I did the exact same thing. Um, however, uh, some of you out there are a lot of you out there already know that they released the online version, uh, which is, uh, Elder Scrolls online. Mm -hmm. And on that right. one, I finally did do a Khajiit as a rogue uh, yeah so i could sneak and and so on and i actually logged more hours on that than i did on skyrim itself uh way oh, back wow. when that came out yeah very nice so, so i know you but have it's changed it then. a lot yeah i'm sure because they keep releasing a lot of uh expansions of dlc for that yeah. as well but so I, I do have to ask yeah i know you've mentioned you have it on 
Xbox 360, yeah. PC, yeah. and Switch. Are those the only versions of Skyrim you, you own, or do you own more? No. The nice how, many, thing, how many versions of it do you have? Uh, I ha- Okay, hold on. The nice thing about this is it comes with all of the expansions in it. Oh. But you, you, but you can't mod it. Uh, that's so it, it includes, I'm too scared to mod. Yeah. It, no. it, it includes, <laughs> uh, has Dawn Guard. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I don't think we can anyways, Jared, because we both have it on console. Um, yeah, PS4. you can't do it at all. Yeah. Oh, I thought, well, we could, I thought one of them did let you have like some mods it's on, possible I, I don't remember oh, what sony yeah, they've stances got, like are. they've got like pre-approved mods but, yeah like, not I one like a, a mod library or something yeah. but i couldn't like go in and do whatever Better. i wanted yeah so this one actually comes with dongard uh heartfire hearthfire and dragonborn all on one so it's well worth it especially the fact oh, that wow. you could do you could do it you know take it with you right where you go um what was that question though uh oh just how many copies how many versions oh, yeah. of it do you so own? i have it on switch as you saw i have it on pc when it first came out which was the uh legendary edition i think it's called now mm-hmm. i recently and when i say recently probably in the last six months bought it again on sale in the special edition because the special edition handles mods better than the legendary the legendary crashes more so they kind of re-released it to be able to be a lot more moddable compatible and i did mod it and uh i'm telling you right now the game is a completely different game when you mod it it looks like a new revamped game with current day graphics oh uh, so it's it's really nice it's the, the way that they allow that because the community and modding is huge now right mm-hmm. uh, i also did pick it up on steam for vr oh have you tried that i have i have not i want to play it i will stream it uh i have not tried it at all yet but i can't wait to yeah. give it because because you're gonna have to like, with the sword and oh and oh yeah this with the bow yeah. See, I'm kind of regretting now, and I wondered why. Oh, because it was just more expensive. <laughs> but like, I'm kind of now. I'm waiting for it to go on sale for for the Switch because I feel like I would be more inclined to play through it because that's just like, I don't know. I just feel like it would be a really good game because it's not like one necessarily that you are, you know, like you wouldn't notice the graphical variances as much as like trying to play a current game, current RPG level size game on your switch especially in like handheld mode and stuff like that graphically in handheld mode it's great when you play it connected it's you can see a little bit here and there it's not perfect uh Mm -hmm. in fact where i noticed it the most was in audio so you hear people speaking and you kind of hear like the sound was a little artifacty i don't know if that makes sense Gotcha. But, uh, yeah, just kind of has a, t- a touch of distortion to it. And yeah, you're, like, exactly. Like, can tell that that's got some issues. I understand, yeah. but it's but still I, good. It's still all there because that's part of the thing. My thing too is I keep. I'm. I'm honestly. I am like a couple hours. I think away from finishing yet another game of Civilization Six on my on my Switch, and then I'm like banning myself from playing it for a while <laughs> because I have to play something else on my Switch. And so, but like Skyrim would be an excellent replacement for it. I feel like, because especially like as I'm going to bed, sure. I'll spend some time running around, seeing what's what fighting a troll here or there, maybe raiding a dungeon, (laughs) doing some different stuff before I tuck myself in for a wonderful night's slumber and get that rest, that fully rested bonus. And so, uh, (laughs) you know, I, I really want to talk about then. So I think what were some of the things that, like, because I know, like, one of the things about Skyrim is that it is very well known for its 
came for its bugginess. Like I posted a video to our Discord when I was playing when I got launched into the stratosphere by a giant who smashed me with a hammer. Apparently so that's it's like, like a really well known one too, and I didn't know that either until someone was like, Yeah, you got it. And it was yeah. like, What? <laughs> it's but like that's a one of the, passage, I guess. <laughs> that's one of the things that has also kind of endeared it to me in a sense, is now getting to experience all these like gaming culture moments that the game offers for like I can't tell you how happy I was. I'd seen the video a bajillion times <laughs> and seen it made fun of and memed a bajillion times, but still for the first time playing the game to have it open up and they said, good, you're awake. Yeah. That was like heard, a highlight. <laughs> right. I heard the adventure. I, I used to be an adventurer like you, but I took an arrow to the knee. Yes. The, you know, Khajiit has wares. If you have coin, like, yeah, you know, the, all really those fun. things. Has been so fun, and I feel like that's kind of like even elevated it in a sense to me. But what are some of the things about it, maybe? Because I know it's one of the things that you and I have talked about, Moga, before that there is some jankiness, uh, clankiness to how the game operates. So, like, what are some of the things there that, like, we talked about some of the things we like? What are some of the things we don't necessarily like about it? Well, if I can just go on ahead and start with one of my Go for primary it. complaints about Skyrim. And this persisted even after I had logged enough hours that it shouldn't have been as much of an issue anymore, just for muscle memory. I found the menus and the way that you access your inventory and your items incredibly non-intuitive. Just being able to pull up, okay, I want to get to my items so that I can use a potion. I want to go switch out my magic. Being able to do that took so much more effort than it has in any other game I can think of. Uh, not just in modern times, like older games too. Uh, mm -hmm. I found it extremely not just so non-intuitive. Like everything was the reverse of what you think it would be. And it was sluggish. There was really no way to like quickly skip around in your inventory. It was very manual. Being able to finally figure out how to do the quick menu was super oh, yeah. helpful. So the quick I menu I remember when I was watching you stream one day and yeah. I was just like, wait, what did you do? Yeah, the, the, <laughs> the quick menu certainly helps with that, but like in general, and this is coming from someone, keep in mind, I love inventory management. It mm -hmm. is one of my favorite things about uh, most RPGs and JRPGs. I love Animal Crossing. Yeah, Animal Crossing. I love <laughs> inventory management. And in Skyrim, hate it. And I think that's I think that's a red flag. If someone who loves to just manage and organize items doesn't want to organize or even like access their inventory because it's such a shit show in there. That's mm -hmm. a red flag. So yeah, that was like one of my most consistent complaints is that I hated the menu and inventory system. What about you, Kirok? Anything that like you kind of stood out to you as being uh, like, man, I wish this would have been better. Buggy wise. Uh, I think I saw when I went around just outside, um, uh, white. Oh my God. I'm rem not remembering. white run. White run. Yeah, I, I, yes, Wyron. Uh, there's the giants there with the mammoths. I remember yeah, seeing yes. a mammoth uh, floating up in the air <laughs> and then coming down again. That was the only bug that I can recollect. Uh, but the thing, and this is, I think this is actually a little more charming. And I, I get a chuckle out of this every time I think about it. Bellathor, right? His voice. Bellathor is in the, um, in, uh, oh my God. The the first town you go into, Rift Riften. Uh, oh, is, is he shop? shop? Yeah. He's a sh okay. 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 Yep. Yep. Oh, hang on. 
Is that Bellator? Yeah, that is. I think you're right. No, no, that no. That sounds. He's in. Uh, oh my god, I'm so sorry. It's been so long. Is he? he... He's in White Run, and you go into the you know the the there's the well in the center of yeah, the yeah. market, and you go into the little shop that I believe that's him, Bellator there, oh, and okay. he's the guy who wants to sell his sister to you if he could. Oh my god! I don't think I did. I, you don't I, I triggered that one. Not really. I don't think I triggered that. Really? Side no. He. I. Every time I walk in there, the game says the same thing over and over and over, and one of them is, "I'd sell my sister to you if I could." <laughs> and I, after a while, I was like, oh, my God. But then aside from that, and this is the where I get the chuckle, is other NPCs around Skyrim have the exact same voice actor without oh, even yeah. attempting yes. to change the, the voice Absolutely. at all. I, yeah, that, so. there, there's that one guy, and I feel so bad just calling him that one guy. Don't know what his name is, but everybody knows his voice because he has voiced so many characters over the years. And... He was, I think, Eric's best friend in Boy Meets World. Oh, it's Will Friedel? Guy. Oh. Maybe. Uh, Will, Will what? Will Friedel? F-R-I-E-L-D? No. No, that is Eric. We're talking about his best friend. Oh. Eric's best Sorry. friend. Showed my Boy, Boy Meets, Meets World, World. knowledge there. <laughs> Yeah, you fool. Jason Marsden. It's mm. Jason Marsden. He has voiced... So many characters over the years, not, and and hearing John him, <laughs> Jason Marsden, um, he has voiced so many characters over the years, and so to like hear him all over the place as random, non consequential NPCs was hysterical. I was like, That's Jason awesome. Marsden, did they even pay you enough for this? You've <laughs> been you've been major characters before, and you're just playing like nothing NPCs. What what, what happened to your buddy? <laughs> I just saw like a video with Will Friedel talking about his voice acting. So that's what got me uh, thinking it was him. But then I forgot. No. Yeah, he's, Jason he's, Marston he's probably Eric. looped him in. He was probably like, bro, I got I got connections. I can get you into this game. <laughs> um, wow. I just had to type Jason and it started saying Jason Marsden. Wow. OK, scary. that's cool. That is scary. It's because we've been talking about him. Uh, um, Jason Marsden voiced Haku in Spirited Away, one of the roles that probably a lot of people would know him for. But he's also been in, I think, uh, what's it called? Oh, Young Justice. I think he was somebody in Young Justice. Mm. Anyways, the Goofy movie, of course. He was also in oh. the Goofy movie. He has been yeah. in so many things. Anyways, the point is Jason Marsden is all over Skyrim. He's all over. But he's it. not a main character, so it's hysterical. <laughs> that is pretty good. I would I would say the biggest thing for me, and it's honestly a complaint that I've had for other Bethesda games, specifically Fallout. Like I play, I tried playing Fallout Three at one point a few years ago, and just kind of <clears throat> fell out of fell in love with it because of how unprecise the combat feels. Mm. Like you know, the first person uh, viewpoint for even for for this game which I tried playing it in both first and third person and I've just ultimately decided still that third that first person was still was the way to go for this it sometimes was very difficult to like judge the actual swing distance of yes. your weapons yeah. and like I did have a hard time too with the bow and arrow like no like I'm like I know I'm pulling this back why is it dropping like 5 inches in front yeah. of me, you know just like basically falling off the front of my bow that was probably like the biggest complaint I really ran into with Skyrim 
and what I've been playing because like with Fallout 3, that's eventually what made me want to be like, I'm, I don't want to play this anymore because there that game, you you have to shoot like all the time and or the majority of the time. And so when that feels off, it made the whole thing kind of feel off. What's very interesting, too, that I did love when I was playing Skyrim is that the lock picking mechanic is the exact same <laughs> from Fallout and, and uh, Skyrim. Oh, only yeah. a screwdriver and, and something else. Exactly. Not yeah. just like little bobby pin things that, right. they, that they have in skyrim but uh it's that was probably like the the biggest thing because i eventually got into this one dungeon dustman's cairn i believe is what it is sure and and like there was a point in there i got so close to rage quitting because it was like this narrow passageway down deep into this tomb and you got to this point where it opened up into this cavern and there were like five six uh like bandits in there and then some uh, some undead people started waking up and be fighting you too and you just couldn't i just constantly got swarmed i couldn't block because there's always somebody hitting me and knocking me around and i'm just like what do i do i tried being magic like going magic one hand something else in the other hand i tried going two-handed heavy weapon i tried going sword and shield i even had a buddy with me because it was one of the companions quests to get into the companions and so and i even had a guy with me he was just getting massacred and i could not figure it out and like i want to say that was one place where i got stuck like an hour maybe trying to like just do this one thing. And it was because it was just like, I would swing thinking I could hit they're out of range because of that weird perspective of it being the first person. Then half my stamina is gone. Cause I'm using a heavy, a heavy ass battle ax. And then they just immediately just like, <laughs> you know, just like stab me to death. Like um, Julius Caesar in the back. And so it's just, it was just so that part just kind of got very frustrating to me and especially, and so like if I could find it more and then eventually I figured out how to beat, I just had to funnel them all back into the narrow area. Then I took them on one at a time, which I was like, Oh, big brain. I should have thought of that earlier. And so, but outside of that though, in, in other areas, like when that, that was like the one place where like all the problems with the combat I had were like multiplied, but Outside of that, it wasn't ever really that big of a thing. It's just something I knew I had to account for. But in that one, like there were so many enemies there, you couldn't mess up. And so the tiniest mess up, which felt like it was just a shortcoming of the mechanics, got very grating to me. Mm. But outside of that, like it was that was probably my biggest complaint with the whole thing. But like you you were saying, Kirok, with that nostalgia factor of the game, I know that a lot of people have that with this game. And especially in going back to talking about the atmosphere of it, you know, let's I want to circle back around to some more things that we do love and and Uh, did like really enjoy about this game. We also haven't really like explained or even touched on the story. And there I kind of honestly don't even know if there are we need other to. people that haven't played <laughs> Skyrim before. So, like, the briefest rundown we can give you're in a world where dragons are coming back to life. They've been gone yeah. for however long years. You don't know why, but you're apparently a dragon born, your little NPC that you build. So you have like the blessings of dragons and you can absorb their souls and use their powers. And it's a big ass deal. Yep. Some political stuff is happening between all the kingdoms and the, the crux is dragons, which we haven't, I feel like we haven't even mentioned the dragons yet, which is a big no, part of the game. Haven't. That is true. Let's talk about the dragons then. Okay. 
How do we think uh, about fighting those those big old beasts? I, I will. So this is kind of. Oh no, Carrick, please go ahead. No, I was going to say I got my ass kicked so many times. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean there are different ones. There's frost dragons. There's um, uh, fire dragons. Fire dragon. Dragon. <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, when you finally manage to get one down, it feels real good if you are able to kind of like figure out what kind of timing in terms of potion taking, what kind of weapon to use, what kind of armor to use. Um, but I, I'm, there's something else I want to talk about that's more, but I'm, we're talking dragons. So you guys go on. I, I was just going to say that this kind of piggybacks off of Jared, what you were saying with the combat. Um, mm-hmm. we'll go on ahead and say, I have many complaints about Skyrim. So unfortunately <laughs> that's just kind of where I'm at. The dragons are one of the few times that I felt like combat was actually interesting because mm. really every other combat encounter I had, I was simultaneously bored and annoyed just because, you know, again, this is kind of not really Skyrim's fault. It's just compared to newer games that have so much else going on and so much more to think about or different strategies that you can use. Skyrim felt very much like, okay, just kind of button mash, hack and slash your way in there. Good luck, champ. There's Mm -hmm. not really much else to do. Hit him with the sword. Did you try that? Maybe you don't even really have to aim at them that hard, just kind of in their general direction. And it's just like, okay, I'm a little bored with this. But the dragons (laughs) were one of the few times where I felt like things I'm doing actually matter. Mm -hmm. So that was a plus for me, is actually being able to more strategically feel like, oh, I have to be really careful with my magic. I have to really be watching where the dragon is and where it's going. I need to like duck and cover, that kind of stuff. So dragons and dragon combat was one of the few times in the game where I was like, okay, this is actually fun. Even when I was dying, it's like, okay, I've learned. I've learned something about this. Yeah, it's a bit of a challenge. So now that I've learned, I'm going to charge back in there and it's going to go it's going to go different this time forgot to even mention the shouts oh yeah yeah because you get the because you first fight that first dragon that's like attacking an old tower outside of a town that's right yeah and you take that one out you and that's when you discover you oh you might be dragonborn because the soul gets absorbed into you and then they say hey you really ought to go check out these uh, these graybeards way up. Well, the also, you like you hear an ungodly shout from the uh-huh. heavens, and it's yeah. the graybeards calling to you, and everybody else heard it too, and they're like, "Well, shit, dude, you better get like, up that mountain." You seem kind of important now. <laughs> you seem important. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I do, I did like the dragons combat as well. I liked that first that first dragon that we fought. Like that, I, I agree with you, Mogan. Like it did. Like I was like, oh, I can switch to a bow and I can shoot around a couple times and he's flying around. Then I can, you know, when he lands, I can run up and try to hack at him with a sword or something like that. Maybe hit him with some potions of my own up close. I ran into a dragon, though, later in the game, just out when I was derping around in the wilds. And it was the most he was flying around. It was like I'm on the side of a mountain. So he's like flying up at the top of the mountain. I cannot get anywhere close to trying to get him, but he keeps diving down and hitting me. At the same time that's happening, I stumble upon one of the saber tooth cats. Oh and no! So I was just like, well, guess I'll die. And yeah, then, uh, I, I, I know exactly what you mean. I ran into a couple of situations like that too, where the level geometry meant that I was actively in combat with a dragon, but I can't get to the dragon. But the yeah. dragon can get to me, so it really was just like, okay, I'm just gonna have to run until I get to a point like a cave or something where I can go in and hopefully it will 
de- like unaggro the dragon and then I can right. leave and fast travel somewhere. Because it is worth noting, when you are actively in combat, you cannot fast travel. So even mm-hmm. if you're about to die, uh, you're just boned. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so the shouts then, because that is the big thing that like is a part of the being the dragonborn is you get these secret shouts, these sacred old shouts that you can, uh, that you could periodically unlock. I didn't realize that, which I thought was kind of yeah. cool too. I thought you got like the big old Fuzroda shout, like right off the gate. Like that was the first one. I didn't realize you would have to throughout the progression of the game, level it up, which yeah. I thought was a cool little side mechanic. To I did too. But, yeah, I like that. So I also especially, this is one of those atmospheric things that I'm like, ooh, I can appreciate this. I loved the way that you got new words to your shouts mm-hmm. in that you would often go into these big caverns and like just be going through a dungeon and you're like, okay, everything's going fine. And then all of a sudden you start to hear this like chanting music in the background. Yes, yeah. And then there's like this whirlwind, like, like kind of effect around you. And then like ancient writings on the wall will start glowing. And then they like, explode out at you as you're absorbing it i yeah. liked everything about that that was like peak peak oh, atmosphere yeah you, you'd get to go through a dungeon which was a bit of work to get through but then there was either something like a big fight at the near the end just before that or potentially a puzzle that you had to you had to solve yeah it was pretty good um yeah uh i i recall uh, the, the thing that sticks in my mind was when you go to the the top of the mountain you do that journey and as mm-hmm. you go up you read the different pillars and then eventually you get to the guys who teach you about the shouts yeah and i'm going by that was really like, cool yeah that was pretty cool they, they basically go through the whole thing of how it works and and essentially it's a built-in tutorial yeah mm-hmm. yeah which is really cool because like if how like it's then it's just like oh there's this whole ancient society up here these wizards who like can harness these shouts and they and they know it all but it's kind of fun like too i liked their like tutorial they're built in it's like okay look uh you know father graybeard one is over here you're gonna let you know use your shout it don't worry it won't hurt him but a part of you is still like it's gonna hurt him i don't know if they know this and then the the second part where you like learn the uh the speed boost part which I, I <laughs> finally you, like yeah. ran into a, a spot in the game where I needed it. There was like a hallway in a cavern that had like axes swinging by yeah, and all yeah, this yeah. stuff. And my God, it took me so many times to get the timing of using that ability. Right. But then when I did it, I was like, I'm so fast. I'm going <laughs> fast, Ricky Bobby. Going and so fast, it was just a, it's really cool to see all these different, because there are a lot. That's the one thing that we haven't necessarily talked about as much, but just like how many mechanics are there are to this game. It's not, you know, you're running around, you collect armor, you, you know, you buy new weapons and then you just, and that's kind of it. And then you have this shout, like there's you, you're collecting ingredients for alchemy. There's crafting there's, and that crafting is a whole other like skill set you have to build up. There's the, unlo- there's the uh, ability tree in it or ability constellations in and of itself that you have to like learn and, and figure out how that works and how those various attributes can affect <laughs> your character. And which I will say was a little hard to figure out how to go for me because I'm like trying to figure out all the different things I want to do. Like, do I, I'm still trying to figure out, did I want to carry on just a big ax? Did I want to carry around a sword and shield and like trying to figure out which of those to level up as I was trying to get better and better with which, you know, class settings I wanted my character to have. Uh, it's, there's a lot of layers to the game for sure. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, sorry. Uh, the, uh, Mogan, when you were streaming the game, I remember saying, did you taste it? 
Yeah. Cause, cause uh, you pick up uh, flowers, ingredients, and then if you eat it, it tells you what effect it has. You were going to say? Yeah, I was just going to say that the as far as crafting items goes, like potions and alchemy type things, I got nothing out of that process. Oh. What I did really enjoy were uh, weapons, like being able to disenchant, disenchant. and then use yeah. what you had learned from that to then re-enchant other weapons and armor. I thought that was a really cool process. Uh, the whole idea about being able to basically break something apart, like maybe you find a really good axe and it has a fire enchantment on it, and you're like, oh my god. Because it, it, it kind of makes you actually have to make a critical decision. Like, am I going to keep this really good axe and use it? Or I don't have this enchantment yet. And I know I don't I don't know this enchantment. So am I going to take it back to an enchanter's table, break it apart to get the enchantment, and then be able to use that for other my own other items? So I like that the game actually made you think that through pretty carefully. Mm -hmm. Because it is worth mentioning, before you're actually good at being an enchanter, you're probably not going to be able to create a fire axe as good of quality as the one you destroyed until right. the game, of course. So it is kind of a, you got to think towards the long game. Cause you're like, I really just want to swing the fire ax and be, and just have things die. But also if I don't get this enchantment now, what if I never find another fire ax? Yeah. True. I, I thought the, in, the ability to enchant and disenchant was really fun for me. I, I, I did get a lot out of that. It's funny. Uh, I'm the opposite. I got more out of the uh, crafting of potions and stuff. In fact, I try and build up my potion crafting so I could sell them because some of them would sell for a lot of money. Yeah. Oh, well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So you were just a tra the traveling alchemist across, <laughs> yeah, the, across the land. I I like that the disenchanting and the enchantment part because I did like get. I think it's one of the. It's something you get in the main quest. I think you get like the axe of White Run from the Jarl of of White Run. After I think after, I think I believe after you retrieve the Dragonstone, and you and that one I really liked because it had that thing. If you killed somebody, it has the chance of filling a soul gem. Oh, but then right. later on in the game, when I was kind of like, okay, I don't think I want to use double handed weapons because I uh, because they're just too cumbersome, take up too much stamina to really be able to use effectively. But I had this mace that I loved, a one-handed mace and shield that I was using. So I did make the decision, that critical decision you were talking about, to disenchant this like very special weapon to be able to give that dis that uh, soul stone regeneration ability to that mace. And then I was like, I was, you know, I was making money with those, filling up those soul stones because that is yet another mechanic. Certain weapons that have these abilities have a charge to them. And you have to, and after a period of time, that charge is depleted, and That's you have right. to use a soul stone to be able to recharge to charge, charge it, back it back up. up. So having a weapon that like automatically filled those stones was pretty key, especially yeah. if you wanted to use more magic heavy abilities and everything like that. Yeah, agreed. Uh, speaking of the magic, it is just worth mentioning that I do think that the game included a lot of different types of magic, and I like mm -hmm. that they were kind of their all their their own different categories because there's. Your standard destruction magic, which is like fire, lightning, ice from your hands. Sweet. Love all those. But then you have conjuration magic, which is like you create little spectral creatures that will help mm. you in battle. Like a wolf, for example, like conjure a wolf. That's awesome. I like conjuration magic. It wasn't very helpful. Most of the wolves I conjured just kind of exploded me instead of the enemies. But that's okay. <laughs> because you've also got restorative magic, the ability to heal yourself. And this is something that I found really um, 
like it's not that deep but i found it really interesting anyways is that if you have magic equipped to just one hand it only does x amount of damage but if you have it equipped to both hands you do double the damage and the same counted for restorative magic so if you've just got two hands of healing you do quadruple the healing to yourself don't quote me on that quadruple but just a crap ton of healing and i thought that was a really nice touch as well and then you also had of course your shouts which counted as magic and then i think like I'm not sure if it's its own category, but like necromancy, yeah, necromancer Mm -hmm. magic, being able to like actually cast raise undead. I don't know what it was called uh, on like a wolf you had just killed. And then you have a zombie wolf with you for a little while until it like naturally expires again. Uh, I thought that was awesome. Loved arbitrarily bringing chickens I had killed back to life. God, that was probably oh, my I forgot that's right. Thing. You killed a lot of chickens. Yeah, I killed a lot of chickens just for no good reason. <laughs> I didn't even want their meat. I just wanted to kill them and then turn them into little zombie chickens. Right. I thought that was really fun. <laughs> I did I did love on one of your streams that you were playing and you like resurrected three wolves and they were just following you around. And you're like, oh man, this is so cool. I wonder how long they last. And you like and turned around to look at them and all three of them just like. I said it. They all fell over and died. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and you're like on the side of a mountain. So they just started sliding oh down the God, mountain. They're dead so carcasses. Funny. That was <laughs> the timing of it was just i couldn't oh, ask for better i'm it, pretty sure that, you, somebody made a clip or you did yeah, or something that, that kind it's, of comedic timing does not happen often and when it no, does come around you have to savor those <laughs> it was so good it was so good so kirak what is the uh what was the other point you were wanting to talk about oh yeah um okay let me ask you guys in the form of a question uh obviously going around the world of skyrim you guys noticed that there were a ton of books everywhere oh yeah did you guys read any of them? Absolutely not. I read not. a few. I read <laughs> okay. a few, but that but that part too also like but there are some of them that I was like, damn, these are long. Well, so like that yeah, I, I did read a few of them. So here's the thing, you could have just left them and and you don't need to go through them, but a lot of them were packed with the lore of the game. Now, mm. don't ask me because I, I don't even remember the stories. There were a couple that I absolutely loved and there were volumes. So when you'd go around, you'd have you'd look at all the shelves. I spent like hours reading the books in this game it was crazy uh but you might find a book in another city that was volume two and the story continues in that volume that's but cool. I, what i kind of like was the mechanic of uh them uh upgrading some of your skills um through some books that you find yeah uh so it, it kind of forced you to go through the books although those particular books that would upgrade something like uh, a magic illusion or or uh, some other skill that you have were normally in an easy place or you'd find them in a spot that was very evident it'd be on the table of a wizard's place and you'd go open it and then you you know gain that that level up but uh i have the books actually i do have the books on e- in epub format wow. all the books so you can yeah. just go back and read them all and read them your, if i want to there were a couple stories I remember that I really liked. I just now I'm blanking out. I don't remember what they were. Uh, there was one about a, a thief and a tower. Uh, I just can't remember. <laughs> I, uh, I can't can't blame you for not remembering them because there literally are so yeah, many. You would spend hours doing it. Trust me. There were times that I sat down and played two, three hours and all I was doing was reading books. It was crazy. What a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that speaks though to the, like the reason why this game, I mean, uh, you know, the reason why Skyrim is held in such high regard and the Elder Scrolls series in general is because of how much care they do put into the world building. 
which I think is like, regardless of like the, the various, you know, complaints we may have about like some gimmicky uh, or janky combat and things like that. This, the, the fact is, and it, it all goes back to what we talked about earlier about the atmosphere being just so damn good and in, in this game and keeping and really making this world feel alive. And that it was something that you wanted to spend hours upon hours upon hours going through and exploring and learning all the various secrets that you were there for you to uncover. So that part of it is all, is very well done. And I was, and I was going to ask you when you're telling your story, if they did, I, I forgot about the books giving you like an up for your ability. Cause I was going to ask in, if they gave you like XP or anything for like that, for even opening them, because that was a thing that I remember yeah. in dragon age games, you could just go and get them and they'd give you like 50 XP or something like yeah, that. Yeah. You, you would book. see the bar come up and it would say that you've leveled up or, or not necessarily leveled up, but at least you've gained some experience in that particular ability. Nice. Yeah, that would pop up. Um, there were there were uh, werewolves in the game. Yeah. Uh, there were vampires in the vampires? game. Vampires. I, I fought a couple. I fought a few vampires. Yeah, yeah, I ran it. I actually. So I forgot about this. I I think I've become a vampire, and oh. I yeah, it was an accident. Um, I think so I have too. I've now become a vampire, it. and I'm like. I guess I just won't regenerate stamina during the daytime <laughs> anymore because that's what <laughs> happens when you have vampirism. Like you don't regen stamina during daylight hours, which let me tell you that really like is a hella bummer because if you're early on in the game and you don't really know how to fix that and you don't want to look it up by like spoiling something, it's like, all right, I think I'm done playing now. <laughs> so for me, that was kind of like a big negative that I didn't have a super apparent and easy and easy way to fix that other than only travel at night or just travel really slow, which I've got to say did not improve my experience. <laughs> well, at least it wasn't like catching you on fire as soon as you step into the sunlight. So yeah, it did it, like your character would kind of go <laughs> like, like flinch in the sun a little, which I thought was a nice touch. Uh, but no, but beyond like not regenerating stamina during the daytime, <clears throat> I'm not sure what, if any other effects came along with vampirism. <laughs> oh, yes I do because I never got it to work right. Apparently as a vampire, you can like uh, mesmerize other human people so that you can oh, drink their blood. I, I don't, if you can get it to work, good for you. My problem was that there was never a person that I could like corner alone. Uh, it was always like, oh, okay, I think I've got this person like back into a corner. And then five guards would walk by and they'd be like, fancy evening, isn't it? And I'd be like, get out of here. I'm, I'm trying to eat, somebody. damn it. <laughs> Very annoying. But I did like that that was the, that they added an extra level of, yeah, you really are a vampire. You have to feed and stuff. It would have been nice if I had learned how to properly feed, but that's that's probably a me problem. Let's be real. That's just baby vampire problems. Yeah, that's just baby vampire <laughs> problems. I'm sure you're right. <laughs> so what else, uh, as we're kind of going on in here, what else really kind of stands out to us about, about this game that we wanted to touch on before we kind of brought our conversation to a close? Can I give my last giant complaint? Sure. This is... I honestly don't know why they didn't bother updating this for any of the newer games, the 10,000 times they've released it. The only thing that should affect your speed and your burden in a game, I don't care how realistic you're being, is what weapons and armor you are wearing at the time. Those should affect your weight and your carrying capacity. 
your inventory, all of the thousands of items that the game wants you to collect so that you can craft and make all this stuff, those should not count towards weight. That was the most, it wasn't even fun. Like that was not a fun system. That was a frustrating system to not be able to just gather up stuff as much as I wanted to. I'm a modern gamer. Well, because you're used to being able to do that. Yeah. You have have to make that ultimate sacrifice. Do I drop this or do I drop that? And And you make that decision a lot. You do make that decision a lot, but it's not fun. And I would contend that it does not add to the experience. I just found it frustrating and annoying. So that was a negative 1000 out of 10 as far as like gamer experience goes. I get that. So how do you, how do you feel then? It's slightly different because this inventory system doesn't necessarily affect your weight and how fast you can move and stuff. But how do you, how do you feel about having like, you know, those games, have you played any of those games where like your inventory is a grid system? And oh, yeah. you have to like make your the things you're carrying fit into it, like all kind puzzled like a, and stuff. A Tetris yeah. model. Yeah. How do you feel about how do you feel about those inventory systems? I haven't played many games that are like that. I think Resident Evil Four would be the only one. And sure, I mean sometimes you have to make room for the bazooka, but that's a case of clearly being like, I'm making room for the bazooka. It's yeah. it's special. This is a case <laughs> of. I have accidentally picked up a sword that I didn't even mean to click on. Now I'm overburdened. And now I have to go back into my inventory again to figure out what I accidentally picked up. Yeah. Cause you, didn't, you may not edge. realize. Yeah. yeah. And you may not realize it. And I just found yeah. it so incredibly annoying. Uh, did not like that at all. Nice. Hmm. So Kirok, what, so, what's some other thoughts? So, so here's the thing I did mention earlier on that. Uh, I recently reinstalled it and I never modded it. And I think the, the cool thing is, is I've kind of, I've kind of rediscovered it. Uh, have some friends who stream it and, uh, they were the ones who oh, use this app, uh, download the mods from this site. And I did it for the first time. I only ran about like 45 mods, not a lot. Uh, the other people I watch on on Twitch are running like 120, 128 mods. And you can run a ton of mods. Being an older game or older generation game on newer hardware, your newer hardware can handle it quite, quite well. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can do things like change the environment, put in amazing trees, uh, birds, snow, uh, foliage. So you can put like mods that put in flowers. You can actually put in mods, uh, Mogan, that improve your inventory system. Yeah, that ah, I've heard about that. Like one. Huge. And that would have been incredible. That would have yeah. been a game saver for me, probably. So I got a chance to do it all, set it all up, played it a bit. Uh, it, it didn't really hook me. A few other games came out around that time, so I moved on. And then recently, my computer, the hard drive just. <laughs> so oh, I lost no, that. Uh, it's a no big deal. I, uh, I didn't have a backup of that. It's not that big a deal. Cause I hadn't really invested that much time into it, but I think uh, Skyrim has saved cloud saves anyways. Um, and then uh, uh, I just set it all back up again, but I haven't done the modding to be honest. After that happened, I felt like, oh, you know what? I'm not going to spend two hours putting mods back in again. Forget it. Yeah. And I just didn't do it. So I have it set up. I have Skyrim downloaded, but I just didn't go that extra step to put in mods. And yeah. here's the thing. I know that I know that mods are one of the selling points of Skyrim. I get it, but I don't think we should be judging the quality of a game on its mods. <laughs> just in general, True. I think no, we should 100%. be judging a base game. Like, yeah, what did I, I pay for? What did the developers make 
that is what I'm paying for. Yeah. That's that's what we're no. reviewing here today. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. But I'm just saying it's out there, and I yeah. I was always like, no, nah, vanilla, vanilla, and then I explored it, and and I gotta say, it's actually quite amazing. I'm sure that there's so many, even just the quality of life and like graphics upgrades, I'm sure that those improve the experience exponentially. Mm -hmm. So I think if, you know, I had dabbled more in that or maybe had the game on PC, it would have made a a bigger difference. But unfortunately, (laughs) like I did enjoy my time playing Skyrim. I know I have many complaints about it, but what I did play, I enjoyed, but I have played enough now and now I am done. Yeah, it's, it's filled that, the whole. You, you explored the mystery. You've seen what it what's on the other side, and you're like, yeah. okay, I'm I'm yeah. good. I can. I'm done on. here. Th- that's enough. I, I've I've gotten my fill of scrim. I think um, I'll. Oh, go ahead. Did I mention there are nude mods? <gasps> I'm in. Heavens. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I need. You said. Sorry that to interrupt, word. Jared. No. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I actually. Oh, that's boy. why I played like. I played it on. I got the special edition for PS4 when I, uh, when we started playing it through, and I saw that it did have the option to like add some mods. But again, like to what Mogan was saying, I wanted to experience it at its base level. Now that I'm actually thinking about it, I feel like my 360 that I have might have come with Skyrim when I bought it years ago. So I could have really played the original, I guess, if I wanted to. But I was like, no, 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 I don't want to do that. But uh, but no, but just still going off of like its base laurels, uh, like what it had. Um, but now though, now that I've kind of experienced that I might be more, will- I might, if, cause I think I'm not going to like, say I'm going to be fin- like, try to finish the game this year, but it's definitely something I I'll see. I could see myself going back and be like, you know what? I want to derp around for a little bit more. And if I do that, then yeah, I'm kind of thinking now I might try out some of these mods that do like increase the graphical quality do uh, allow for the inventory systems and various changes there just to see what those can offer as well. Cause that really is modding is something I have just not really touched at all. And so, uh, you know, trying that out and seeing, seeing what I can do with that would be pretty fun to see what, what offerings they can give there. The last thing that I did want to talk about, because I feel like you can't talk about Skyrim without referencing it. And again, going back to the atmosphere and how well it built the atmosphere, the music is so good. Like the the main theme and everything of of Skyrim is incredibly done. Like oh, yeah. that 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 chorus and everything, just like the, the song of the Dragonborn and all that stuff, is just incredibly good. And I love that you would hear those those beats and everything and those that chorus again. Like when you would go pick up the the words for the next oh, yeah. part of the of the, your shout and different stuff like that. Your next abilities, so good. So good. So just wanted to give that additional note to that for the music and stuff yeah. as well. So, well, I guess if we don't have any other uh, thoughts or things that we wanted to really touch about on this, we can go ahead and kind of wrap up our conversation here on this game. Comment uh, yeah. down below if you want just five hours of me just talking into the webcam complaining about Scott. <laughs> if you it'll be a bonus video, episode I'll for you <laughs> that special sweet sweet extra content special join mogan for a special bonus <laughs> five hours of shitting on skyrim fireside chat fireside chat no, no <laughs> just kidding but it would be really funny <laughs> Well, I think it's been really fun getting to go and explore through conversation this game that we got to explore virtually and just through this world that we were able to all experience and one that has had such an impact on gaming 
and just for and for many people it has been such a, a seminal chapter in their gaming histories. And so it's been really great getting to talk about Skyrim. Obviously, we would love to hear uh, what you all listening or watching thought of this game as well. So please send us an email at teamchatpodcast.gmail.com. Comment below on the you know YouTube podcast service where you're watching. Uh, write us a note on our social media. Join our Discord and talk about us. Talk about Skyrim with us there. We would love to hear from you. Oh, is it time? Or are you just showing? I thought you were going to lick the cartridge. He's going to do it. He's, He's never licked a cartridge before. I've never licked a cartridge before. I have oh, no I'm so idea excited. <laughs> this is this a Skyrim be... cartridge. I can't way. believe that you haven't licked any of the other stuff. None. Cartridges. None at all. Do you know what it tastes like? Yeah, I licked one when we did our first unboxing of the, uh, actually. Breath of the Wild, right? Yeah, Skyrim 2.0. When we did oh. the Breath of the Wild unboxing, <laughs> nice. I took out the cartridge and I licked it because it was my first Switch oh, game. Okay. I feel like this is going to be that, uh, like that bean boozled thing that jelly beans yeah. do where it's like you don't know if it's the vomit flavor. Okay. Here we go. Here, <laughs> Here we go. go. Here we go. Let's see. Did they nerf it? <laughs> it took a little bit. The face says it all. Yeah, it became really, really, really sour and sharp. Oh. <laughs> Hopefully it tastes like it, it just took a few moments to kick in. Had to build. Oh. That's funny. Drink some water. Get oh. the taste out of your mouth. Oh, oh my god. It's like a really bad envelope. Dude, oh, that's the worst. You know. What would make for an incredible video, and I shouldn't even say it on here because we're going to blow one of our best ideas, a video of licking every single available Nintendo Switch cartridge by oh, every physical game on the market <laughs> and in one go lick every single Just one. Just yeah. kill all taste buds on your tongue. Yeah, I think that would be incredible. Kirok, you down to be a guest on that one? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, sure. Yeah, it's going to be good. <laughs> I'll be there. Okay. He says, not very reassuringly. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have. it has been a blast getting to talk about Skyrim. Thank you, Kirok, again for coming on to the show uh, once always again. Always a pleasure. Great always time. a pleasure. Great yeah, great time having you on and everything. So please let us know what you thought of Skyrim, and, uh, and we will all see you next time on the next episode of Team Chat Podcast. But until then, everybody, I'm one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined across the power of the internet by Rachel Mogan. Adios and our special guest, Kirat Craft. Bye, guys. We'll see you all next time. Mm-hmm.